You're listening to the Biz Library Podcast, a weekly discussion of important topics that affect both HR and learning and development professionals. Biz Library is dedicated to creating the best and most complete online learning solution that both engages employees and drives business results. For more resources like this podcast, be sure to head over to our website where you'll find up-to-date ebooks, infographics, and other resources, as well as SHRM and HRCI-approved webinars focused on creating better workplaces through great human resource practices and employee development. Hello and welcome to the Biz Library Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Smith, and today we're joined once again by Thomas Harrell, who is joining us from warm Miami, Florida. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. Man, I am so excited to be back on the BL podcast. This is like super, super cool stuff. And you all are adding a tremendous value to the L&D community. So thanks. Hey, we appreciate you saying that. Uh, it really is guests like you that uh, allow us to um, to add whatever value that we do. Um, and actually, Thomas himself is no stranger to adding value to L&D. Um, you've probably seen this post trending on some human resource topic on uh, LinkedIn, I always get a notification that says Thomas's post is trending for, you know, employee engagement or something like that. So, uh, which is fitting because he's going to talk to us about personal branding, um, which is great with the guy with, with this much following that really, um, I kind of watched you grow on LinkedIn o- over the past, I, I don't know, two years that we've known each other and seen, uh, seen your personal brand really grow. And so um, I can't wait to pick your brain about this topic. Man, that's a that's actually a really good time marker because in my talk at Align 2019, that's really the space that I shared with the attendees to my presentation about two to three years. Yeah, good. Um, so the first question I have for you about this um, is, you know, two to three years is a long time. Why should L and D be investing that much time into their personal branding? I mean, what is what effect does it have on the job? That's a great question, Derek. And when I first got into L&D as a training manager, I thought the only thing that I needed to be concerned with was building learning objects, putting job aids together, facilitating actual workshops, etc. But starting here at Master Electronics and being uh, L&D department of one, you literally have to do all parts of the department that are associated with L&D and all parts of the department that are not associated with L&D. So if you think about it from the perspective of growing a business, as an example, you have to have marketing for your business, right? You have to have PR for your business. There needs to be brand awareness for people to come and find you, for people to get excited about the products or services that you are offering to the marketplace. And I believe the same thing holds true for learning and development professionals. We can leverage our professional personal brand to be a beacon to our employees, to our team members, a beacon for professional learning and development. I firmly believe that if they see us out in front and visible, in the community talking about learning and development that energy is going to infect them and they will start to get excited about it when i first started we didn't have an online presence 
when it comes down to discussing L&D things. And now I can hardly go a week without talking to someone in the company that is getting a comment from someone in their network that says, man, it sounds like you guys are doing some really cool things. I saw this post, I saw this thing. So if you think about um, where I started and where we are as an organization, I think it's definitely worth the investment. And we can get into the specifics, but definitely worth the investment to raise the awareness of your learning function you know, in the eyes of your employees, as well as for people outside of the company. Yeah, uh, I, I think you gave a great answer, um, but I'm interested in hearing um, what those benefits are outside of the company. I know, I know, you know, within the company, getting that uh, that presence in front of your employees just helps them keep L and D top of mind. But what about outside of the company? So I'll give you a couple of examples, and these are actual things that have happened for us. I've been in interviews with job candidates that have said to me directly, hey, the reason that, you know, Master Electronics, the reason I applied is because I saw all of the cool things that you all are posting on LinkedIn. And I'm like, really? Give me an example. Because, you know, every job candidate will go and do research on the company before they go to an interview. But I asked for specific examples and, you know, one or two candidates were actually able to not only tell me about the content, but tell me about the employee that posted the content. Um, so one benefit is we, we already have the aspiration as an organization to be recognized as a best place to work organization, as, a, as an employer of choice. But we also know that those things come by way of having a very strong company culture a subset of having a strong company culture is offering learning and development opportunities to your employees. In fact, many of the white papers in the research that I've read over the last two years, at least, younger professionals coming into the workforce, if the company is not able to offer them growth opportunities professionally, oftentimes they will, number one, pass it up or not stay with the company for a long time. So if you think about Master Electronics having a bigger presence online in terms of the things that we're doing for our employees in the space of learning and development, and a candidate is interested in working for a company like that, then instead of having to pull people to us through recruiting, job fairs, et cetera, we literally have people being attracted to us just because of the things that they see. So that's one example. Um, it, definitely, it definitely helps ease the, um, the process of attracting the right candidates to us. Another benefit, and again, this, these things have happened, is that I've had some of our directors of sales and even my, my company president go into a meeting with a company that we want to do business with. And the reps from that company will start the conversation off with content that they've seen on LinkedIn Whoa. posted by different employees in the company. And it literally acts as an icebreaker. And 
just softens the negotiation process. Sure. Um, and I got one report. This this one just literally made my day once I heard about this one. Got one report from our company president where a supplier that we had been we had been trying to do business with before many years ago has now started to see all of this stuff that we've been posting and sharing and on their own contacted him and said, Hey, I would like for us to talk about, you know, doing some business together. I, I can't, I can't quantify what that looks like in dollars, but just the fact that it's happening as an outgrowth from me and others posting about learning events is I think that's pretty incredible. So those are two benefits right there for sure yeah, outside of the company. That is incredible and, and hopefully should get people uh, bought into this idea of personal branding. Um, okay, so we know it's important. We know that it has tangible, real benefits that we can, um, if we really put our minds to it, quantify, but even just seeing those results, um, uh, I think speaks for themselves. How do we do it? Where do we start with, <laughs> with personal branding? <laughs> What's your secret? All right, so that's, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a secret. It's really about going through the process. So I'll give, I'll give a little backstory about what I did, and then I'll go into some specific tactics. So when I first started with Master Electronics in 2015, we did not have an L&D department. I launched a brand new LMS. And that same year, I crisscrossed the country. I went to our branches in Canada. I went to all of our branches in the US to deliver live workshops. At the end of that stint, I was like, wow, I really need to come up with a more efficient way to stay top of mind with our team members when it's, as it's related to L&D happenings. So, I committed to using LinkedIn as the platform to get in front of people. And I committed to posting on LinkedIn at least once a day, every day until the end of the year. So that was around springtime 2017. So some of the specific tactics that I can talk about, number one, you have to have your purpose or your goal. So my, my goal was very clear. I needed to be in front of the eyeballs of my geographically dispersed workforce and somehow be top of mind for them. And I want to use the platform of LinkedIn in order to accomplish that. The next thing or the next strategy that I encourage people to think about is make sure you base your plan off of your goal or your purpose. So for me, I started writing articles associated with learning and development, things that we were doing uh, based on information that I've, that I had come across and things that I've experimented with. And those were articles on the platform and off the platform. And people can do the, whatever they, they are comfortable with. Now LinkedIn offers, you know, native video. So if you prefer, video versus writing, then you can do that. And strategy number three is respecting the platform. No matter what social media platform you use, they all have algorithms, best practices, et cetera, that you want to work with, 
not against. You don't want to fight against those things. So respect the platform. An example of that on the LinkedIn platform would be if you want to grow engagement, if you want to attract people to your profile to see the things that you're posting, that means that you need to take the time to comment on other people's posts, share other people's content. If people ask questions in your post, you need to take the time to respond back. So that's what I mean by respecting the platform. Some other key things about uh, LinkedIn as of today, you know, algorithms change all the time. So what I'm saying right now might not hold true in, in a year. But if a person is just starting out and they have five connections on the platform, they want to work themselves up to 50 connections. So you can think about if people are using Facebook, connections on LinkedIn would be similar to your friends on Facebook. The reason that you want to make that move is because once you start to increase your connection count, you begin to move through the LinkedIn all-star dashboard. It's a bit of gamification that LinkedIn has developed, and it, it, it sort of gives you a snapshot of the completeness of your profile. So as you start moving through that, the LinkedIn algorithm pays more attention to your profile, right? Now, the next big marker that you might want to shoot for is getting 500 connections. And the reason for that is because profiles that have 500 connections or more, the LinkedIn algorithm gives it more preference. So what does that mean? It means that if I publish an article on the platform and a colleague, and I've got a thousand connections and my colleague publishes an article on the platform and they've got five connections the linkedin algorithm is going to look at my post and give it preference it's like oh this guy's stuff is going to be able to reach more people he has more influence he's connected to more people so the, the algorithm will pick it up and i think about it as algorithm will help it float on the surface of the water so it can get reach further into the network. So those are the top three strategies. And I can go on and on about this. I'll talk about the others quickly. And if we, if you want, we can come back and hit them. Strategy number four is to persist and be consistent. Strategy number five is to participate. I kind of talked about that already. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you're engaging with people. And probably the most important one are as equally as important Number six is always adding positive value. You don't want to, you know, people can be mean online. People can misbehave online. People can <clears throat> get into these, you know, these unproductive conversations. Absolutely. You don't want to be pulled into that stuff. You want to have your post and your content be affirming and positive. So those are some good strategies for people to follow. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up number six. That's kind of where I was going with this. Is a, a one through five, um, I think, are really good to know. Um, but that all happens before you, you know, open up a Word document and you start writing your article or you uh, turn the camera on. Uh, once that happens, I mean, be positive is, is a great place to start. But how do you even come up with what are you going to talk about and, and how do you know that that's going to be important? I mean, you always, I, I'm telling you, I always get a notification that you're post is trending. So how do you stay so topical and relevant? 
So there's a there's a lot of ways that, for me to answer that. And there's a very common question. When I did some LinkedIn clinics here internally for our employees last year, that was the number one question. Thomas, what do I post about? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give your audience a, a peek into my process, my personal process, and then I'll kind of take it from there. So my personal process is every morning I start my day. I shouldn't say every morning, most mornings. I start my day by reading L&D related content and industry news. And if I find something interesting, I save that link to that article, video, whatever it is. And I just have a, a, I just have a text file that I'm collecting links of stuff that I find interesting. So when I mentioned in my story a moment ago that I started, I committed in 2017 to posting daily on LinkedIn, that was the process that I was using. I was already consuming a lot of information, collecting these links to these great articles and videos and interviews, et cetera. And I would just share those links out. You know, that's that was the process. Every Every day I would share the link, maybe highlight my top two or three takeaways and encourage people to follow the link and read the article, follow the link and watch the video. So <clears throat> I don't approach it in, in terms of, I need to find content. I approach it in terms of what am I paying attention to? Because I would imagine if I'm paying attention to it, there are other people that are paying attention to the same thing are interested in the same thing. Sure. So regardless of what your industry, regardless of what your role is, I know that people are taking the time to stay up to date in whatever they do for a living. So whatever that is, maybe it's just videos on YouTube. Maybe it's, you know, catching up on things on Twitter. Maybe it's reading specific blog post with specific people, all of those things are relevant. And if it's interesting to you, most likely it's going to be interesting to other people. So just to kind of summarize this, this concept is I literally have a tickler file, what you call a tickler file. And just like a comedian might collect random jokes he hears when he's in the grocery store or random happenings he sees when he's in a grocery store so he can add it to his material later. That's what I do. I just collect different leaks, articles, whatever. And, you know, I've got a shortcut on my computer. Whenever I want to pull something from it, I go to that list. I go back to the link, skim through it. Oh, this is appropriate for this day, for this topic, et cetera. And that's how I make it happen. And oftentimes, if possible, whatever that article is, I'll spin a little blurb that ties in with what we are doing at Master Electronics in terms of learning, maybe leadership, things like that. Now, I don't expect people to be fanatics about this. Like, you know, posting every day, a lot of people might feel like, man, that's a part-time job, are you crazy? <laughs> but what I found was once I got into that cadence, it was easy. Start my day, 20 minutes, read this, watch this, read this, watch this. 
grab a couple of links, save it to the file, and then went on with the rest of my day. Now, when I was ready to post, it wasn't I was waiting to look for something or I had to go search for something to post. I already know what I'm going to post. I just go back to the file, pick one of those links, write some verbiage around it, and then we're good to go. And that's it. So that's one way to approach it. The other way to approach it is, you know, whatever exciting is happening with you. And I sort of like this idea and I'll, I'll reference um, Gary V. All right. And your audience, many of them are going to know who it's he hard is. To miss him. So <laughs> he's all over on every platform. Yeah. And he said something really, really that, that helped me sort of change the way that I approach social media and posting. He said, you don't have to be a content creator. You can just document your process and that's going to be good enough. So I think people get caught up in the thought process of, oh, I have to be a content creator. I need to put stuff out that's highly polished, like it came from a marketing department, or um, I need to write like a expert copywriter, you know, all of this glossy and really clean and neat stuff out there. It doesn't need to be that, right? You want to, you want to be yourself and whatever it is that's going on with you professionally, you can share that experience through documentation. So if you went to a conference, share a couple of pictures about it, share a blurb about it. Um, if you went to some specific training, um, if your if your office is doing something for the holidays, um, here in Miami, we're about, we're, we're getting together with folks here in, on the team and we're going to play kickball on Sunday. So those pictures I'm sure are gonna show up on social media somewhere. Sure. You'll see master the team Miami group playing kickball. So it doesn't have to be this thing that, oh, if it's not polished, it can't go. You have to switch that around and think about it like Seth Godin thinks about it. It's like, just ship it, just put it out there. You know, now all of this is within the boundaries in the context of what you are personally comfortable with, right? Because some people are not fans of social media. And then the other element that will come into play is what your company's policies are, if they have any. Hope that helps somebody out there. I'm sure it will, yeah. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of, of um, great things and, and I think people have a pretty good idea of where to start. Um, unfortunately for us, we're kind of running out of time, but uh, I know there's so much that you have in your mind that we've missed out on. Um, is there anything that you want to make sure our audience understands before, uh, before we let you go here? The number one thing is you have a brand, personal brand, whether you realize it or mm -hmm. not. So you have one of two choices. One, you do nothing about it and there is no specific narrative around what people find out about you online to the one that I'm encouraging people to do. You are fully aware that you have a brand and you intentionally shape the narrative around what that says about you as a professional and what that looks like to other people. Because when you're intentional, then doors open up for you and you allow other things to come across. Whereas if you're not paying attention to it, then 
who knows what people are finding out. Or maybe somebody, maybe you go to a negotiation deal and they look for you online and nothing comes up. What does that say about your brand? So in this day and age that we live in, it's absolutely paramount for folks to understand that they have a brand, but they want to take control of that and control the narrative. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for sharing with us, um, giving me a lot to think about in, in my own personal brand, uh, what that might say about me. Uh, we appreciate your time here, Thomas. Thanks a lot. All right. I appreciate it. You, you all are doing some great things. And, you know, I'm always here, always happy to gab about stuff like this. Sure, Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, if, if any of you are interested in uh, finding out about Thomas, you can look him up on LinkedIn. It's uh, Thomas Harrell. Is, is that right? Uh, any other places? Tom, Thomas Shayon Harrell. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, look him up. Um, follow him. He's, he'll be glad to connect with you. If you want to start uh, by getting some writing out there, Biz Library is always welcome, welcoming guest posts. Um, so if you want to email me, dsmith at bizlibrary. Um, I'd be happy to take a look at uh, your writing and, and get it published for you. Um, and that goes for you too, Thomas. Absolutely. Looking forward to publishing something soon. If you'd like to appear on the Biz Library podcast or suggest a topic for discussion, visit us on Twitter at bizlibrary or email us at hannah at bizlibrary.com. Don't forget to click subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, and share this episode with friends through social media. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Derek Smith. And I'm Hannah Brenner. See you next week.